Last week, we asked the question, what does it mean to be a man? We talked about what is the purpose in manhood? What is a man for? Well, today we're continuing in our same series, and now we're asking the question about a woman. What is a woman for? What is the purpose and the design for a woman? Because certainly God has to have a purpose, because all of creation has a purpose, and ultimately it is to display the glory of God. And so both manhood and womanhood equally are designed by God to reflect, so to display what God is like. And so manhood, we saw that last week, it does it uniquely, and today we're going to see how from the word, womanhood does the same thing. And so both the masculine heart and the feminine heart are designed by God to reflect the heart of God. That's the point. That's where we're headed. So today, womanhood, we'll see how it is a display of glory. Now, I observe enough to know that all women that I know, and I mean this, are busy. I don't think I know a single woman that is bored or has nothing to do, whether you're a student or whether you are married, so a wife or a mother or a homeschool teacher or an employee or a business leader or a ministry leader, women's lives are full. Amen? Amen. <laughs> They're jam-packed. Your days are full of activity. And as a woman, you wear many different hats, many different roles. And I can imagine that you probably have your moments where you feel so tired or you just feel so weak. And you feel like your womanhood is a weakness. It's just so challenging and the demands upon you are just so many that it can become difficult. And again, if I can imagine as a woman you would have it very easy to look around at other women and compare yourself and see everything that she is and then look at yourself and look at everything that you are not and have this notion that other women have it all together and somehow you're the only one that doesn't. And I'm here to tell you that's not true because none of you have it all together. And I don't even say that in a disparaging way. I say that because you're a human. You're not perfect, at least not yet. We have not been resurrected, and we're not yet in heaven. So on this side of the resurrection I think there is confusion on both manhood and womanhood. I believe that there are so many demands as a woman, 
you are told you should look this certain way. And then you're told, no, you don't have to. And then you're told, you need to go have a career. And you're told, no, you need to be a stay-at-home mom. And you're told all of these different things, and it can be also conflicting. And there's so many demands upon you that I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm too far off as a man saying that there can be great confusion even in the female world. And I've noticed a lot of insecurity and a lot of fear in many women. Fear that they're not living up to their womanhood. Insecure about their lives, not as picture perfect as they want them to be. And so instead of the honor and the dignity that I believe the Bible clearly reveals, every woman has. Because as a woman... You have dignity, and there is honor and beauty in being a woman. But instead of standing up and holding your head high and becoming that woman of God that wants you to be, far too many women shrink back in fear and insecurity. And my heart today, my prayer has been that we would see a church filled with women of God that are living on purpose and on mission filled with the Spirit of God, that are active in the kingdom of God, and that there is no fear and no insecurity. Sisters, my heart for you today is that you will know who you are. That you would know who God has made you to be. And that then you would, with confidence go and live out and do the calling that he has upon your life. Let's think about the essence of womanhood by looking in the beginning in Genesis chapter 2. And let's get our hearts and minds around what it means to be a woman. And as you're turning there, I just want to pray that God's Spirit would be active and present with us here this morning. Father, we need you. I pray that right here in this holy moment, that your Spirit would be so active, that you'd be active in healing and bringing freedom and empowering the women here to become the image bearers that you have made them to be. And that as men, that we would have the wisdom to encourage and to help our sisters to become what you want, a display of your glory. And we just ask for your leading, your anointing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 22, begin to help us get a picture of the essence of womanhood. Genesis 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord of God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man and see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. 
So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. So it says that it is not good that man should be alone. And so God's creation was incomplete. It wasn't corrupted. This is not chapter 3 when there was sin. This is before. And so this not good doesn't mean sinful. It just means incomplete. It was missing something. And Adam was missing, it says, a helper fit for him. Now that phrase, fit for him, refers to that corresponds to him. And so also, if, if you look in the origin, this is describing like parallel beams, like in construction where you'll have two beams that are side by side. And so it's describing two beams that correspond to each other that together are fulfilling their purpose in that construction. And so what he's saying is Adam was missing his parallel partner to run right alongside of him that is fit for him. And the word for rib means in the literal, it doesn't say the actual word rib. It's just the way that the Hebrew works. It says side chamber. So the man's side. And this is the same word that's used, for example, if you look in Exodus in the construction of the tabernacle, it described the rib of the tabernacle. It meant the side of the tabernacle. So the word for rib and side are the same word. And so context lets you know if this is referring to the actual physical body part rib or just the side. So what you're seeing here is the Bible is describing that Eve came from the side chamber of Adam. God did not create Eve from Adam's hands where he would manipulate or control her. She wasn't made from Adam's feet where she would be under him. She was made from his side, right next to his heart where she belonged. And so from God's very design, you're seeing purpose. And then God said, I will make him a helper fit for him. Now that word helper actually appears in the whole Old Testament 21 times. And I won't read all of them, but it's used throughout. And every single time that this word helper appears, it refers to God. God is the helper. He helps his people. He rescues his people over and over. There's this theme of God being the helper of his people. And yet there is one place in the entire Old Testament where the word helper does not refer to God. It is used here in Genesis 2 to describe Eve. She was designed to be the helper in a lot of ways, to rescue Adam. Let me give you another observation, and we'll tie all this together. If you look one chapter later in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20, this is very important to understand the essence, the purpose of what womanhood actually is. Genesis 3.20, it says, The man called his wife's 
name Eve because she was the mother of all living. So again, in the original Hebrew, when he says Eve because she's the mother of all living, the word Eve sounds just like the word for life giver. And so Eve here is named what she's named because she was designed to bring life. And so sometimes I think wives feel like not the life giver, but the clothes washer. Or not the life giver, but the meals preparer. The H-E-B goer too. She, she can feel as though her tasks are so menial and not significant and small and not life-giving. But sisters, hear me. Your very design at your heart, what you are, you are life-giving. This is the essence of womanhood. If you are a woman, then you are made by God with an eternal purpose. And creation itself would be incomplete without you. We have a God in heaven who is the author of life. He has life and he brings life. And he has given women the stunning ability. Like we have to realize this. It is awe-inspiring that not men but women have the astounding privilege and honor of reflecting our God's glory and being the one who brings life. Where life is conceived inside of your body and a life grows and then you give birth and you bring life into this world and then you nourish that life with your very own body. That displays the absolute stunning glory of God in creation and in breathing life. And women, you are the life bringers. That is so holy and set apart. And we as men really have no idea what that's like. We see it and we respect it, but we don't experience it. Because God has given women that privilege. But lest we think that being a woman is exclusively about having babies, it's not. The essence of womanhood is not having babies. The essence is displaying the glory of God as a life giver. And I want to read to you another text in Proverbs 31, that gives us a little bit more comprehensive picture of womanhood. And it describes exactly how women bring life. And they speak life, and they bring life to others around them. Not just by giving birth to children, but through who they are. Women bring Proverbs 31, we see here that the feminine heart is designed to reflect the heart of God. So we'll be looking at Proverbs 31, we in verses 10 through 31. 
and it'll be on the screens. An excellent wife, who can find? She's more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant, and she brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her, her hands to the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. This is incredible. Let me just first tell you what we don't see in womanhood here. We don't see a weak woman. We don't see a passive woman. We don't see an opinionless woman. We don't see a woman that works exclusively at home or with her children. Or we don't see a woman that here that somehow fails to leave her mark on the world. This is a woman of impact. What we see here with womanhood is that she respects her husband. She cares for her home, including her children, but she also uses her skills in the marketplace and that she spoke wisely and that she dressed even attractively and she serves the poor, she meets needs. Man, this is a picture, this is a vision of authentic womanhood. And so to get this down into sizable bites, I want to give you four words from this text. And these four characteristics, these four words kind of capture the essence of the feminine heart and how exactly as life givers, women display God's glory. Number one, the heart of the woman is wise. God has designed women to have hearts that are filled with wisdom. You see in verses 13 through 16 and in verse 24. There's a theme in this proverb describing how the woman works hard and she even runs multiple businesses. Like she's a really 
sharp lady. She runs, it describes a wool business, real estate, vineyards, mercantile. I mean, it, it, she's got it going on. She's a very wise, intelligent woman, and her business savvy allows her to even provide for her family. It says in verse 15, she provides food for her household. And so they're describing that she is wise in managing both her household and in managing business. It's not just one or the other. Womanhood can certainly include both, and there is virtue in both. If you feel called to be stay-at-home mom and teach your children, then that is a high calling and there is virtue in it. If you feel called to be involved in business like we see here with this woman, then there is virtue in doing that. The Bible does not have a legalistic, thou shalt exclusively stay home woman. Like that's not in the text. It describes both side by side as being God-honoring And so what I would understand from this is, may the Spirit lead you and direct you to God's path for your life. But it is designed to be marked with wisdom. That is the overarching principle here, that wisdom is part of the feminine heart. It says in verse 26, we just read this, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teachings of kindness are on her tongue. She opens her mouth and wisdom just comes out. Spiritual insight and wisdom because she knows God is walking with him and so therefore she is full of wisdom to share. And so the feminine heart is designed to be a reflection of the wisdom of God and women are designed to also be wise. Now, when I was pondering this this week and how different God has made males from females, it seems to me, my observations at least, that men tend to need facts and reason and logic. Amen, sisters? That you have husbands that, that tend to just want that. Now, I'm not saying that men can't be emotional. Of course, men can be emotional. But generally speaking, the masculine heart really just gravitates towards facts and reason and logic and physics and these kinds of concrete things. And yet the feminine heart gravitates more towards the, the more emotional side and the more intuitive. And so I think this is why so many churches are filled with godly women. And yet there are so few men that are equally on fire and following God. Because the things of faith are not concrete. The things of faith have to be intuitive and relational and, yes, even emotional. And women get that more naturally. It's more of a growth process in my observations with men is learning to walk in the Spirit. And I've learned from my wife. Bonnie has taught me so much. And and husbands, I I would ask you to ponder this week. How has the Spirit of God shaped your soul and made you a better man because of your wife? What are you learning from her? 
I have learned so much wisdom from Bonnie in learning about not just having an intellectual, academic, cerebral faith, but actually enjoying God, knowing him personally, and having a relationship that's real and living that leads to a heart that is truly transformed. And so, yes, these are generalizations. And yet, I believe there is still truth in the fact that we have so much to learn, men, from women. Because she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Women, God has made you to be wise. May your lives reflect that. And men, may we learn from the wisdom that God has given to our women. Number two, the heart of a woman is beautiful. So God has designed a woman to be beautiful. Yes, to be wise, reflecting God's wisdom, but also to be beautiful. You see it in verse 10. She is far more precious than jewels. So to be a woman is to be beautiful. It's in your design. Because God is beautiful. And so, therefore, womanhood reflects the beauty of God. Because he is astoundingly, infinitely beautiful. Verse 22 even describes that her clothing is beautiful. It says her clothing is fine linen and purple. And so she dressed well. She was dressed in a way that was considered beautiful in her day. And so if we're going to think about that and apply it to women today, I would say that it is okay to care about your appearance because in Proverbs 31, she did. And yet, there still are more questions that have to be asked along the lines of modesty and how much do you cover up of your body? How much of it do you show? Like these are questions that back to the first point on wisdom that requires tremendous wisdom for you to navigate these waters because we could have a legalistic approach that says, women, you have to have your hair a certain length and you have to have your body covered up all the way up to your sleeves and down to your ankles. And, and there are believers that do take that, that approach, a very, what I would say, rigid, legalistic, that's my opinion, but that's the way I see that. And by the appearance of the ladies in the room, you agree with me because no one is dressed like that here today. And yet there are believers that do take that stance. And then there's the other extreme that one might say, well, maybe you should cover up, sister. (laughs) I am not here today to put that line or define that for you because quite honestly, I believe that God has made you wise You're walking in spirit, and you're going to know how you should dress. And so I don't want to have a legalistic line on here, what you should or what you should not wear. But the point here is wisdom, applying that in how you walk and live your life, and knowing that it is okay to put thought and effort into what you look like. That is not 
wrong or evil as long as it doesn't become a preoccupation, unless it becomes a distraction from you following Jesus. And so this beauty is not just external, it is internal, because you see that in verse 30, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so in the same text where she wore nice clothes, it says, but beauty is is not going to reach you to the purpose that you live for. It says that fearing God, and so beauty is vain, but one who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so ultimately, the, the goal isn't your external beauty, it's your internal beauty. It's your heart that is designed to be beautiful. That's what's most important. And we teach our daughter, who I'm, I mean, I'm biased, but my princess is beautiful. And, and we teach our daughter, who turns 13 this week, if your heart isn't beautiful, then your outside beauty doesn't count. It doesn't count. You may be really beautiful on the outside, but man, if your heart isn't beautiful, you've missed the whole point. It's about character. Womanhood is about character, about worshiping God, fearing the Lord that shapes your heart to be beautiful and reflect the beautiful character of God. Number three, the heart of a woman is tender. Tender. So wise and beautiful and also tender. Verses 11 and 12 and also 23 describe a woman who blesses, honors, and respects her husband. And so this is the call is gentleness and kindness. Verse 20 describes how she cares for the poor and meets needs in her community. So again, a very gentle, loving, kind, generous heart. And verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Some of you are thinking, well, my kids don't do that. My kids don't rise up and just bless me. Well, my kids don't do that very often either. But the calling for us as parents, and in this case here for women, is to be tender and kind. And by God's grace, this may actually happen. The feminine heart is designed to be gentle and sympathetic, but also empathetic, maternal, generous, caring, patient, and the word tender. Why? Because the heart of God is tender. God is kind, empathetic, loving. And so women reflect the heart of God with their tenderness. But there's a fourth one. The heart of a woman is strong. There is strength. God has not made women to be weak or passive. Verses 17 through 19 in just text describes womanhood as strong. It says she desires, or I'm sorry, she dresses herself, here's a character, with strength and makes her arms strong. In verse 27, it says she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. She's not idle. She's a hard worker. She's a strong woman, strong character, strong faith. Womanhood 
includes strength because our God is strong. And women reflect that in God. So the feminine heart is by God's design to be wise and beautiful, tender and strong. And in so doing, you bring life to all of those around you. And you are displaying what God is like through your womanhood. Now, last week we spoke about manhood and how God has designed the masculine heart. Well, I want to connect to those two here briefly because we are not independent. We are interdependent on each other, men and women. We are truly interdependent. Woman came from man, and yet men are all born from a woman. We need each other. We, we could not fulfill God's purpose independently of each other. We were made for each other, and we need each other. Yes, ultimately in marriage, you can see that, but even in a faith family, a appropriate, loving brother, sister, interdependent relationships, we need each other. The masculine heart and the feminine heart both reflect God's glory, same purpose. So men and women have the exact same purpose. Women just fulfill it in a distinctly feminine way. So let me just go through briefly. Last week, we talked about the masculine heart. And so manhood is summarized with having the will of God to obey. We talked about this last week. And so Adam was made to walk with God and go on this amazing adventure of having Eden spread across the planet, God's kingdom to cover the face of the earth. And so this incredible will that he was given to obey and go on this adventure. So Eve was made to be a part of that adventure, to be swept up in this adventure that's filled with beauty, that's filled with risk, that's filled with purpose, and to be at her husband's side as together they go on this adventure filled with enjoyment and delight. So her purpose connects with his work of God to do. So as a man, we have the work of God to do. Well, so Adam was made to find joy in doing what? Keeping the garden, working, but also protecting the garden from the enemy, from Satan. Well, Eve fits into that perfectly as well because Eve, as a woman, your heart desires to be pursued and not just noticed, but desired and to be fought for. And so too many men just aren't fighting for their women. They're not pursuing their wives. And a woman's purpose in this interdependent relationship is to be desired. Why? Because God wants us to desire him and to pursue him. And so womanhood reflects that in our, as being husbands, to pursue and to desire our wives and to fight for them. Last, we talked last week about how man has a woman of God to love. Well, that one is really easy. As a woman, you desire for your husband to see you as beautiful, to recognize your beauty, internal and external, and to be in awe of who you are, who you're becoming, and to deeply love and to cherish you. 
male and female, our purposes are interlinked and we're interdependent. The sad thing is, just like we talked last week about fallen manhood, there is also fallen womanhood. There is corrupted womanhood. Eve was designed to be a life giver. But in the Garden of Eden, she rejected her design. She said no to her role as a woman. She was created to be wise. Instead, she was foolish. She was created to be beautiful. Well, let me tell you, her heart was not beautiful when she was doubting the goodness of God. She was made to be tender and kind and loving. Well, she did not do that when she was giving her husband fruit to eat that she knew she should not have been eating. She was made to be strong. Well, her disobedience showed weakness, not strength. And so, ladies, today you have inherited your mother Eve's and our father Adam's fallen nature. So Eve rejected her role as the helper and life giver by grasping for something that wasn't hers. She didn't want to share the adventure with Adam. She wanted to control the adventure. Just like oftentimes today, womanhood desires to control men or control surroundings or control circumstances Eve was trying to do that, and she did not display beauty. And so we see fallen womanhood sometimes is very rigid. And when I say rigid, I mean it's a rejecting your purpose as a woman, rejecting your purpose as a life giver, not honoring your husband, rejecting even the privilege of motherhood, because there are ladies that do not want to have children. This is a rigidity. It is a rejecting part of God's design for you as a life giver. Oftentimes, women are found hiding in busyness and hiding with children and do not even have time for their husbands. I have spoken to so many husbands that say, I would love to go on on a date I haven't been on a date with my wife in years since my kids were born. And their kids are like in high school. And I'm like, well, why haven't you gone on a date? Because she won't leave. Because we, I can't get a sitter. She won't do it. That's not healthy for you. Women, that's not healthy for you. Get a sitter. Figure it out somehow. There's people here that would help you, that will help make that a possibility. You cannot hide behind children and not have a vibrant relationship with your husband. You were made for more than motherhood. You were made even for more than for being a wife. There's a lot of wives on the other end. They will look at their husband and say, will you satisfy me? So that's the other end. Sometimes womanhood that's fallen can be very clingy. It can be very rigid and rejecting your design, but it can also be very clingy. And so clinging to children for your sole purpose and clinging to your husband for your sole purpose. And the truth is that you were not made exclusively for motherhood or for being a wife. You were made for God. 
So you cannot expect being a mother or being a wife to ultimately satisfy your soul. Because when you're in heaven, those kids, if they're believers, I pray that they are, are in heaven with you, and they're going to be your brothers and sisters in, in the faith. And your husband in heaven will not be your husband. He will be your brother in the faith. But for eternity, you will be a child of God. Your ultimate purpose is to find your true joy and value in your womanhood in Christ, not in motherhood or in business or in marriage or in anything else. You were made by God for God. And so we cannot have womanhood that is either too rigid or too clingy. And many women that I see oftentimes are just worn out, exhausted, lonely, are desperate for hope. I want to read to you out of the book of Titus. We'll be in chapter 3. And that there is hope for your womanhood. Titus 3, verse 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Goodness and loving kindness of God, renewal of the Holy Spirit. We have a Savior and we have hope. And some of you ladies today, I know you're struggling. Yes, you can look great on Sunday morning, but on the inside, you're struggling. And this is what you need to know. That Jesus has a mission to come and to rescue, to restore, and for you to see redemption, to bring beauty from the ashes. If you are a daughter of God, you have to know and believe that your Father in heaven loves you and has a purpose to heal and to restore you. You need to know that your Father, when holding your face gently, looking into your eyes and holding you close, and he's whispering into your ear, and your Father is telling you, you are worth with all of your struggles. Daughter, you are worth loving. I sent my son to rescue you, to restore you. So ladies, I think a lot of you need to give yourself some grace. You have compassion on everyone else. You didn't have compassion on yourself. And knowing that God loves you will give you the strength to grow and heal and find freedom and to really become that woman that God is calling you to be. Let me talk to the men for a second as we wrap up. Men, if you're here and you're single, I encourage you as you're part of this faith family that you can be praying for the other ladies in our church and you can become the man that you're supposed to be so that you can then continue to be praying for and seeking a godly woman.
who reflects the very character of God. Do not settle for a woman unless she has a heart that reflects the heart of God. If you're here and you're a man and you're married, then your calling is to fight for your wife, to pursue her, and to delight in her femininity, because it's different from your masculinity, but to enjoy her being different and being that gift that God has given to you. And ladies, I encourage you to keep following Jesus, walking in this spirit. And as we are a faith family, we can love each other as brothers and sisters and become the men and the women of God that he wants us to be. The feminine heart is designed by God to be a glory-reflecting life giving, beautiful reality that women, as you are wise and beautiful and tender and strong, that you'll be a spectacular reflection of the very glory of God. Being a woman is a high honor. May you realize what an honor it is and walk with confidence in that truth and authentic womanhood and become that woman that God wants you.